Town Hall Academy, episode 55. Learn the skills of hiring to make you um, a better, you know, interviewer, um, a better um, review. When you're giving a review, it makes you better at that as well. So I think having that process also will give you confidence when you do that, because if that's not a skill set that you've always had, you know, it's something that we can learn, but that's important as an owner to do, to always keep developing your skill set as well. Welcome automotive aftermarketers to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome automotive aftermarket professionals to the Town Hall Academy episode 55. Hey, we're discussing the importance of your back office disciplines and this is part two. Now in this episode, we tackle human resources and marketing. Now for your information, in part one, that was episode 44, we covered controls, operations and accounting finance. Hey, Carm Capriato here, thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for the support of the Town Hall Academy. You know, a family keeps their vehicle an average of 11 years and growing. And where's the first place to turn when the drivetrain fails? Why, Jasper, of course. A vehicle? It's a major purchase. It should be trusted to a 100% associate-owned company for quality remanufactured products. Check out jasperengines.com. Joining me for this Part 2 Summit on Back Office Operations is Amy Matnat, owner of Auto Craftsman in Montpelier, Vermont, Jackie Walter Hauer, the Director of Operations and Third Generation at her family's business, Zimmerman's Automotive in Mechanicsburg, PA, Marianne Croce of Croce Transmissions in Norwalk, Connecticut, and also from smallbizvantage.com, and Kim Auerheimer, AAM co-owner and business manager of CS Automotive in Brentwood, Tennessee. Today's podcast has a sister video. If you want to see the discussion in action, you can find it at remarkableresults.biz slash A055. Now, there you can view the Academy as it unfolded. You will also find extended bios on my guests and links to their previous episodes. And also on that show notes page, find an important part of the Academy, a compilation of the key talking points. Yes, (laughs) the cliff notes already done for you. Keep a watchful eye as the Town Hall Academy episodes will soon allow you to earn credit toward your AMI accreditations. More exciting news to come. If you tune into the Town Hall Academy podcasts from Remarkable Results Radio and you get just one idea or inspiration, think about sharing with an industry colleague. Call a friend and give them this episode link. Share this via email or even in your social network. These are perfect lessons that help all ships rise as we grow and become a powerful force. Now listen to Amy Matnat, Jackie Walter Howard, Marianne Croce, and Kim Auernheimer, all members of the Women in Auto Care, as we discuss the importance of back office operations, part two, recovering human resources and marketing. Enjoy. So I want to go to uh, Marianne Croce for the first question, and, and let's have this open conversation. We'll start with HR. Got to have a handbook, right? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, Your handbook is really good communication between your team, you know, your expectations. And even before we started writing our handbook out, we got a handle on what our company culture was going to be about. You know, what was the kind of place that we wanted to create for people 
to uh, work in that type of environment. So I think when you have that in your mind as an owner, it really helps and guides you uh, with the handbook. What I also found very helpful going through that process was um, there are a lot of payroll companies that are out there today that have that HR component to them. So it can really help you um, comply within your, your state as well. I think that is one of the greatest features of a payroll company. And if not, there are a lot of HR companies out there because the the daunting task of, oh, I have to write a handbook. <laughs> Me, Amy, and I don't know about you and Kim and Jackie, I think of the legal aspect of it all, which is why you really need to go out and get some help. Kim, you got a handbook? Oh, absolutely. That was um, definitely one of the biggest, the first and probably the biggest project um, that I had when I came into the business full time. And I think what's important is just even getting something um, in place, even if it's not perfect. I think a lot of shops out there, they want to have the perfect handbook ready. And it's important to know that handbooks are organic. They're going to change. They're going to evolve. You're going to see something in your system. But it's it's also um, it defines it defines who you are and like Marian um, perfectly said perfectly, it's going to define your culture. It's going to define um, our expectations. Our even as simple as the little things like the hours of operation and attendance expectations, holidays. So if you you know if you do have to go back on something terminate an employee or something, you have a foundation of um, what was clearly expected. And um, they've already, by signing that, that they've read it and accepted, they, they've uh, bought into it. Um, so I think it's definitely important to have, for sure. Jackie, you have a handbook? I'm sure you do. Absolutely. Okay. Did you ever take the handbook out when you're sitting down with a team member to point out an area where there may not have been, you know, perfectly demonstrated that they were living up to those standards? Did you ever use the book as a, as a way to teach people uh, ways of their errors? We actually did. We actually had an incident of harassment that happened with a female employee to a male or a male employee to a female employee. And that's actually something we've never really dealt with here. Um, But when this happened, that was one of the things is whenever they were brought in to discuss it, that was like, you know, this is in the handbook. You were given that handbook and it's like, we can't, we don't tolerate this and we will not tolerate it. And that was one of the situations we had. Boy, it is the topic of the day, isn't it? (laughs) And, uh, the, you know, based on the experience that I've had in many different roles in business, it is something you cannot ignore. This is, this is one of those instant moments where you have to collect your thoughts, you have to document as much as you can, you have to go to your handbook because that's the legal document you're basing everything on, mm-hmm. and you have to sit down with people in separate ways. Amy, any experience uh, with all the people that you know in the industry on, on how to best deal with that? Uh, one of the things that I would recommend is, I mean, you had touched on it briefly, is a lot of what the handbook is, is I call it covering your butt, is you really want to uh, set you up so that legally everything's very clear. And so on those very specific pieces of information, I want to make sure an employee has agreed upon. I actually 
make them not only sign the handbook, but there's certain pages they have to sign that page. And that's the uh, no cell phone in any cars, uh, you know, and like all those little things that it's an absolute deal breaker. And so I've added a line on there that I actually have them sign those papers specifically. So it's not like, Oh, there was this big handbook and there was so much to read. And I didn't catch that. It's like, uh, uh-uh, you signed that paper. So I think it's a nice little addition to stick in your handbook. It's a great idea. And let me add one piece based on my experience. I remember our handbook was, was pretty thick, you know, back in the day, but we pulled those, really critical policies out on standalone pages. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, in this book, these policies exist, but it's now time for me to go over it in detail with you. You know, the harassment, the, the cell phone policy, whatever they were, the truly critical policies that you as a business learn from your great wisdom right. of having been beaten up before. <laughs> yes, exactly. your own mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he says, well, why am I signing these? It was just trust me. These are really important. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Another there's, thing that we're I'll throw this out real quick and then I'll hand it over to you, Kim. Another thing that we're playing around with is there's a program that you can have in the cloud called Trello. And it's uh, so we're going to we're going to put the handbook in the cloud. And so we're kind of going to move. It's kind of like, let's put our culture in the cloud. And so we'll have uh, a thing that's just all about the the HR. And then so if somebody wants a vacation or they want to look at the schedule of who's signed up for vacation, because, you know, you can't have all your techs taking vacation at once. So that's a, a new thing we're playing with is trying to make it easier, more transparent for the whole staff to be able to see everything that's happening with the shop all in one place. And that program's called Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. I'm writing it down. <laughs> yeah, project management software can help with a lot of things. In the, in Some the- of them are so complicated. You know, yeah. I looked mm-hmm. at a whole bunch, and that's, I'm very visual. So Trello really works for, for me because it's, it's very simple and, and color-coded. I love color-coding. <laughs> Part of our, that I, it's not included in the handbook. Um, I mean, it's mentioned in that specific section and it has to do with um, drug and alcohol use. Mm-hmm. But part of the handbook, a part of the, um, items, because anytime a customer receives a handbook, they have to sign that they've received it and they understand and they agree to it. But in addition, we have another form. It's a drug testing consent form um, that they have to return as well. So it's one thing to say that, you know, we expect you not to drink and do drugs while you're working on somebody's vehicle that, you know, we all understand the importance of that. But it's another one to make sure that they have agreed um, to if there's any need to be tested if there's an accident or something um, that they've agreed that they, that they will consent to that. We've been fortunate. We've had that uh, in place over the years and we've had to use it one time. Uh, thankfully it all worked out well. However, it is something that's important to include in the handbook and as an extra HR uh, feature as well. Thank you ladies. Let's just jump into the hiring process. Um, should you hire slow and fire fast. Yeah, that's my line. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I spent a lot of time before I hire someone. Um, and this is all learning the hard way is, and don't hire under desperation is get your team behind you because when you hire in desperation and you hire the wrong person, man, it just, 
makes everybody miserable can really hurt the business. So we bring someone in, we, you know, check their resumes, we check their references, then we bring them in and everybody gets to talk to them. And if we like them and we think they're a fit, you know, a good fit for the team, because it's all about the team. If you have a great team, your business is going to do fabulous. you got one bad egg in the bunch and it's just, it stinks. So then we'll bring that person in and we have them test out, you know, like work for a day. And then everybody, again, gets their say-so, and then we take it from there. And, and anybody that we bring in nowadays, it's a trial period. They just, you know, it's very, you know, one week, and then we'll talk about it. And, you know, or, does it work for you? Does it work for us? And when it, when it doesn't, then we just part ways. I'd be on my best behavior if I knew that I had a test in eight hours. <laughs> yes, but... Especially technical, they can, you can learn a lot, you know, when you say, you know, when the technicians are doing something and it's like, so, you know, what do you think it is? And what tool do you think? And why don't you put the lift up? You know, I mean, all those little things, because a lot of people, they will talk the talk, but then they come in and they've done a lot of it in theory, or maybe they did it once. And so you're saying... Let's hire for attitude. We really got the perfect person we think is going to fit into the culture. Now, go out and figure out if he knows something. Now, even if he doesn't know enough to your expectations, if you get the right attitude, Amy, it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. Yep, we'll grow. We've grown a lot of people here, and attitude is so important, and you can't train attitude, which is too bad. Now, and I've heard the, you know, hire slow, fire, fire quick or fire fast. And I, we, Rob and I have a a kind of a different take on that. Um, Mm -hmm. We have probably been, we've probably fired way too slow on some occasions, but I think um, the saying, you know, hire slow and fire fast is, is used at a disadvantage. Um, I think we've had a lot of technicians that have worked for us that have made huge mistakes and you know you're just kind of like where where was your head when that happened but i think it's really important to get to know the tech and their attitude and you know their heart their desire their loyalty to the company and um i just recently we've had a very very recently where um it's you know one of our technicians has decided that he's going to do something different and so we were helping him with the transition and such and then he got really complacent didn't you know just seemed like he didn't care anymore and we we should have let him go a long time ago because he checked out. And just recently, you know, just because we've had mercy and compassion try to help him, he has completely flipped. He's doing numbers he's never done before. His productivity efficiency are never he's taking his ASCs left and right. He's doing all these things that we've been demanding of him. And he just had this aha moment. And that's happened to us um three to four times that I can count on my finger, three for sure um, on my, and, and it's just, I don't, I think um, I watch some of these Facebook forums, like, oh, fire them. And I just want to stop and climb through the screen and say, stop, you might be ruining somebody. You might be ruining their career where they can really, really be a great technician. It's happened to me. I have great stories to tell about that exact experience yet every once in a while. Uh, you know, you have that exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. And if you go to bed with your, put your head on the pillow every night with the pain in your side, and that's that person that you think isn't going to make it, and you give them another day and another day and another day. But if you're not doing anything to 
you know, improve it, then that maybe it's partly your fault. But if you have and you've assessed that, it shouldn't last for three or four months while you're continuing to look. It's the, the fire fast rule, I think, applies if you've done everything in your power. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for clarifying that. That's yeah. exactly where, what and, I was trying to express. Yeah. My lead tech, when he started here at 17, uh, and the kid is so talented. He's been with me, you know, almost 19 years now. But when he first started here, it was like the second job in, he forgot to put the uh, drain plug on the, when he did an oil change, blew up the engine, um, out it went. Kaboom, came back and he walks in with his tail between his legs and was like, I screwed up. And so I said, so what are you going to do about it? And he said, well, we're going to get an engine and I'm going to put it in on my own time and it's not going to cost you anything. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And he did. I mean, he talk about showing what you're made of. And he's just a, I feel very lucky to have this guy with me for so long, but it's a big joke around here. Oh yeah, let Kevin change the oil. Just remember the drain plug. (laughs) <laughs> with the hiring, um, I do agree with with both Amy and, and Kim had said um, any situations that we were in that we did have to let somebody go. Most of the time it was because we it was a bad hire on our part. Um, so that, you know, hire, hire slow and, and fire fast. I, I get that part of it. Um, but you make a decision sometimes and you just, you know, think that you made the best decision and you're going to make it work. But I think the preparing ahead of time and the interview process, having a process that you go through with each person when you ask questions, have a format and ask the same questions, learn the skills of hiring to make you um, a better, you know, interviewer, um, a better um, review when you're giving a review, it makes you better at that as well. So I think having that process also will give you confidence when you do that. Because if that's not a skill set that you've always had, you know, it's something that we can learn, but that's important as an owner to do, to always keep developing your skill set as well. And to go to tie in with the handbook, it does cover us, but also the upside of that is it's a great tool to separate your business and see that the team sees that you're being transparent and that you have their back as well. Um, So I think, you know, there's two sides to that. And hiring and firing sucks. Worst part of the job. (laughs) But you got to do it. You got to, you don't have a choice. Got to find good people. Hey, I'm with Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center. Brian, why Jasper engines and transmissions? So I think Jasper, the reason why we uh, chose to deal primarily with Jasper is uh, the quality of the product. And the people. I know that it is a uh, associate-owned company, but it's more about the people. They do what they do uh, in this industry that is tough, and they stay on top of the cutting-edge engineering, changing and maybe developing ways around uh, known problems and issues. So they're adding value. They're making things better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they're taking a situation that you may have a common failure with and going in taking it apart, going through the engineering, the R&D department, saying, okay, how can we make this better? And then from that standpoint, it comes to us that at the end of the day, the end user gets much more value for the dollar that they spend. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Carm, thank you. 
Yeah, Jackie, you've got a big company. Uh, I think, what, 29 employees? Yes, 29, yeah. Man, big company. Okay. <laughs> so based on what everyone is saying, um, give us a good story or your experience from a team hire and a team fire. Because, you know, you're not like a solopreneur where, you know, you've got three or four people working for you. you got 29. So I'm sure it's different in your place. Yeah, the amazing thing about our our techs and our service department, and this is one thing we've always said, is is that unfortunately we've never really given them the chance to hire. That's something new I've learned, which is actually something I really want to implement. Um, but after we've hired someone and they are now working in the shop with our techs, if they don't fit, we'll know in a week. And it's it's amazing because they will just become kind of like an outcast, unfortunately. But, you know, if they don't fit the company culture, we will know really quickly. And and that's one thing I like about about our techs and our employees is that if it, if it doesn't fit, if it's not right, we will know. They <laughs> come and know tell quick. you, they say, Jackie, listen... Um, Carm here, it's uh, it's either him or us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I think that's where it's important to pull your, you know, the disk profiling in and the strength finders and all these great tests out there to find out if, if you have, um, you, you know, whether it be a front office, you, if you put a, you know, a certain personality at the front office, they're not going to succeed or they, they probably, it'll be more difficult to succeed. Um, you know, if you, same with techs, if you have a shop full of, of one type of personality and, um, you know, you throw a, 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 a D personality in there with a bunch of C people, it's going to cause a little commotion and, and, you know, so either be prepared on how to handle it or maybe they're not the right fit. And I'm not saying hire based on their profiles only, but you have to keep that in mind when you're placing somebody so that you give them the opportunity to succeed if you know kind of, you know, what issues may be coming forth based on those testing. Thanks for that. By the way, a lot of stuff on the website, and we've done a lot of episodes on DISC and, you know, communication behaviors. If you just go in and go to the search bar or the tag cloud, you'll find a lot of great episodes that help tie everything we're doing here together. Is it the HR's department, you know, and I know you wear so many hats, but in that back office, let me see, HR, am I responsible for celebrations? Absolutely. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you got to make it fun. I mean, we live here day after day. And, and as much, I mean, I spend more time at the shop than I do at home and I'm all my employees do also. So if you want them to stay, then you have to make it home. And, and part of home and family is celebrating the ups and commiserating the downs. And so all those things are important. And I like to celebrate wins you know, when someone mm-hmm. finds, uh, you know, there's a really hard to diagnose vehicle where someone's had it in three shops and nobody can figure it out. And then my text like, oh, it's this wire in this weird place in the back of the car. That's a win. And so we celebrate all kind of weird stuff. <laughs> we do um, birthdays, obviously, mm-hmm. um, anniversaries. Um, we ta- we have a younger crew here, so we've had a lot of weddings and a lot of babies. Um, so we, you know, and we like to post this on on social media and let our you know customers know about 
the growth of the CS Automotive family. Um, but it's a secret, so don't tell him. If he's listening, then he's going to find out right now. But Tanner, our tech, has been with us for seven years. And, you know, a seven-year marriage is um, something to be um, celebrated. So he and his wife uh, will be getting a, a three-day trip to um, Gatlinburg as a thank you to her as well. Um, but, you know, it's things like that you want to, um, you know, celebrate. And my, my team, I mean, they're so excited about going to training coming up in May that that they're like, that's a celebrate, you know, we're celebrating every day about, you know, about things like that. So, um, and then, you know, big celebration. I told you about our technician that just flipped around and turned around and he's taken his first ASC and we had a big, you know, that was at the meeting this morning. Yes. You know, (laughs) so I think it's very important and builds morale and, and, uh, improves the culture for sure. Mm -hmm. I love the vibe that you give off, Kim. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) That I'm going to talk with my hands. Well, no. no, no. Yeah, you, can feel the, you can feel the excitement and yeah. the, the celebration that you give to your employees, right? You know, right through the screen. Well, we're a family. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and we, yeah, exactly. You're talking about the culture of your company, yeah. and it just oozes in in the words that you use. Yeah, and a lot of shop owners don't realize that being the shop owner, you are the leader, whether you like it or not. And everyone is going to look to you to see how you're feeling. So if you're a grumpy person, you come in, you're like, you have a bad culture. And it's up to you as the shop owner to set the tone. So if you're having a bad day, you leave it at home and you walk in the door and like, yes, it's another day to fix cars. Yay us. (laughs) And, And people pick up on that. They look to the leader to find out, well, how are we supposed to be feeling about this problem and how are we going to deal with it? Got it. You know, we can talk about HR for probably two or three hours. I just want to bring to the forefront these couple of points because we want, also want to get into marketing a little bit. I don't mind if we slice into, you know, HR at the end, but I, I, I want to be sure we try to get in all of our content. And we also have to worry about the legal side of it. We're not here to teach anyone uh, HR. We're here to, you know, bring the concepts that we've talked about. And, and they were really Excellent, ladies. Um, let's jump into marketing, ladies. Are you ready? I know, Amy, you don't know anything about marketing. <laughs> hmm. I hate marketing. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she's our marketing expert, marketing expert. But Kim, let me open this up with you. Uh, you got to know who you're marketing to. You got to know your market before you start. And then because of that, what would you do about it? I think um, it is it is important to know who your market is, and and um, we, you know, we do. We're in Brentwood, Tennessee. It's um, a suburb of Nashville. Um, you mentioned earlier that you couldn't afford to buy a house here. Um, it's not easy, um, but it's a great place to live. So you kind of know. Um, and I've shared this before, and and very recently is know who you have to know who is walking in the door what radio stations they're listening to. This is a huge, and it's, it's not going to make sense. You have to, it's not going to make sense who my cookie cutter customer is versus the radio stations that are coming in on these cars, but you have to put it all together and correlate, um, you know, the house, not just the person walking in, who's the household and their needs. So know your market. Um, we have, there are resources out there that will tell you, um, all about your community, the average income, average, you know, home price, um, the strongest, um, economic, um, contributors to the, um, the local economics, 
um, you know, what companies are contributing, the biggest employers, um, the, you know, we just happen to be a very, very large um, sports community, go Preds. Um, you know, the, uh, so you got to know, like, if you listen to everybody that's turn the, turn the radio on, what stations there is playing. And here it's going to be sports talk radio. Um, or a little bit of country music, but just because we're in Nashville, not everybody likes country music, believe it or not. Um, but, you know, so listen to see what they're listening to on the radio. And you know kind of what their interests are. Um, but then also identify with who's coming in the door. So our customer tends to be um, a mother um, in this particular area. They, um, the divorce rate is lower for whatever reason. There's a higher economic area. They usually just drop their kids off at school, have gone to um, the YMCA, um, you know, they like red wine, they, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's my one mark. That's my one customer, my one person I want to market to. On the flip side, half mile down the road, we have a 5 million square foot comp- office um, community complex or uh, business park, thank you, um, that uh, work, you know, so now you have your 40-something-year-old executive. So we actually have two markets that we are focusing on. Um, the common denominator is they tend to drink a lot of wine, red wine and bourbon. <laughs> so, you know, when I we market, we're kind of looking yeah. at that. <laughs> the detail is phenomenal. So do you ever have any bourbon parties? Um, wine and tasting? wheels um, is wine something that is in the process. Uh, women, wine and wheels. Um, it helps that I like wine as well. Um, <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> but the um, it is the, you know, just knowing who they are and then you, you know we, how you're going to reach out. Amy, um, marketing, you got to have systems to really have a good handle on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all got to be systematized. And there's there's two separate marketing systems. You need to have a whole system for finding new customers. Like what Kim's saying, profiling who your best customers are and then creating a marketing strategy that attracts those people. It's really expensive to go after new customers. And so when you're putting your marketing pieces out there, if you break even on the first time they come in, then you're golden. But really... You need a robust system for turning that one-time customer into a returning, and then I change the name to client, because a client is someone who keeps coming back and coming back, and that is where you pay all your bills and everything gets paid for, and then you have the next stage of the best customer, which I call your advocate. And you need to know who your advocates are, because those are the people that you make a profit on, and these are the folks that... They've been coming to you forever. You see them on the street. They want to give you a hug. You know all about them. You've watched their kids grow up. These are just like your primo customers. And so like Kim was saying that she wants to, you know, find these women and find these um, executives is if you really look at your advocates, Mm -hmm. the, you know, what do they have in common? Because if you can replicate your advocate, that's how you can really grow your business quickly. Can you market to uh, to a customer for life, an advocate? Well, the advocates is, is you know, you, everybody should have a referral system. And your advocates are going to bring you the best referrals. They become a sales force for you. So my advocates, I mean, on their names, um, so when we type in their names, beside an advocate's name, it says plus, plus, plus. So that way everybody in the whole team knows that this is 
one of our favorites. And when you say track or a systematize, ladies, please join in. Um, do you ha- do you have a way to to verify if someone gave you that referral, and do you reward them in any way? So please let let's talk about that referral system here. I'll jump in. Anybody else have have a system where you do it? Okay, so we have a flow sheet that every job starts on a flow sheet. And so as you're going in, you know, the number one question you always need to ask someone, if you don't recognize their name, have you ever been here before? And if they say, no, I've never been to your employee, you know, to your business before, then you check mark new customer. And so then you chat with them and you say, and so you want to find out. So how did you hear about us? Or, you know, who referred you to us? And then you write that down. And if Joe Smith referred Mary Walker, then you write that down. And then afterwards, that flow sheet goes right into the pile of the back office for marketing. And Joe Smith gets a thank you card. Thank you so much for referring Mary Walker. We really appreciate your trust and confidence. Here is, and you give them a reward for the referral. And then you... Give them referral cards and, the, you know, please send us more. Uh, if you have any other friends or family that we could help, please send them our way. We'll take great good, you know, take good care of them. And then you got to have referral cards and you need a poster hanging up in your office and in your newsletter. You're always telling everybody about the referral program. Jackie, do you give anything to a customer for a referral? We have in the past for our service department. Um We've kind of went away from that. We're actually going back into it. We do for our auto sales as well. And, and it's it's been very beneficial for our auto sales. Um, and so we're, we've really re-looked at how we're doing it for service and currently have that under advisement right now. <laughs> what are you thinking of? I think they're thinking gift cards. Um maybe asking, you know, what favorite restaurants that they like to go to or places that they frequent as far as shopping or whatnot. Recently interviewed uh, Matt Purcell. I believe it was Matt who said he has no advertising budget and all he does is he gives free oil changes on referrals. He spent $6,000 in -hmm. one year Mm -hmm. on that. It didn't matter what kind of car. It didn't matter if it was synthetic or not. Didn't matter the quality of the oil. They got a free oil change, and he and he tracked it. And I've also, ladies, seen some, and I think most of the CRM, the digital vehicle inspection softwares that are out there, there's a lot of really cool features inside of them to track that. And um, um, I actually saw a great demo on it once. It was pretty fascinating how it tracked referrals. I know. Uh, our, our system has a uh, points for... Um, you know, how much money you spend, and then also you get certain points for referrals. Um, I personally have been, um, uh, I'm going to say grew up in a, in, in learning how to run an automotive shop, but not discounting our, um, our services because we're already giving the best deal for the customer. That's the best deal for us. So it's, it's a win-win. So if you're discounting your services, you're saying, um, you know, the average customer is not going to look at it that, oh, that's part of the marketing budget um, as far as um, a referral. So I think a gift card, I think, um, I know we, you know, we were for a time they were sending um, little fudges from Send Out Card. Mm-hmm. Um, those fudges amazing, by the way. Um, but even sometimes people just appreciate a phone call. You know, mm-hmm. hey, Mr. Smith, Miss Walker came in today. I cannot tell you 
how much that meant and how, you know, how much appreciation we have. And I'd like to, um, next time you come in, I'd like to see you and, but don't promise a, a discount, but, you know, somehow slide it in and, you know, Hey, thank you so much. Um, but you know, we are, I, you know, I am in the process of revamping our referral program. So I'm, I'm, Take, I'm soaking all this in, but I, I don't know that I would personally discount our services because um, I think that becomes expected at that point. But so I agree with Kim. Yeah, yeah, Marianne, I, I was just ready to ask you about touch points. Uh, you know, knowing there's websites and blogs and Facebook, um, how important is it to know all that? Yeah, I think it's important to understand the customer journey, right? How they find you and what they're going on, whether it's through your, well, everything should go back to your website, but whether it's on your website, social media, whether it's through a newsletter, an event that they were at and you were there and you connected with someone, it could even be something local in your area. However, they found you understand that journey of what they're going through and everything that they're exposed to and have that consistency, that branding, that you're seeing, your business is seen as a professional business. Mm-hmm. I think it's that and track it is very important. Yeah. Like Marianne's talking about, you want to know all those things, but it can't just be out in the ethers. So when someone comes in, how'd you hear about us? Oh, I saw you online. And if you're chatting with them, oh, did you find us on Facebook or Google? Google. So then you'll see a pattern after a while. Like for years, I never did radio. And then someone talked me into doing this one radio station and I started tracking it. And we went from one day a week to six days a week. And it still brings in customers because it worked. So if you're not tracking, because Marianne's right spot on, you need to know where they're coming from so that then when you find that pattern, you can make it more robust. Or if you feel like, it should be bringing in somebody. You can keep tweaking it until it works. And, and I, I think it's, Marianne touched, said the word branding. I think that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves is when you're looking at, a, um, whether it be a restaurant or somewhere you're going and you're looking at their Facebook or their Yelp or Google, you know, and there's all these great pictures and you walk in, it's like, that's not what you look like online. Mm -hmm. Um, So the pictures, you know, the brand should be consistent, the same, the colors. um, You know, if you look at our website, everything is in black, white, red, and silver um, with a few little colors here and there. Facebook is the same. The Yelp is the same. It's the same feel. And it's real people on our pictures. That one blonde lady, that customer that with the short hair that's on everybody's website, she is like, she travels the United States getting her car worked on. But it's that same woman that you see on all these websites that that's not, that's not you. That's that. So make sure your branding is consistent through social media website. And when they walk in, they should see exactly what they saw online. Uh, help me understand what you just said. Um, <laughs> and here's my question: I knew, I know what you said, mm-hmm. and I. So now I'm looking for the prevention of not looking like everyone else. You've got to be very discerning with your web master, whoever's creating your website. If you see something that looks familiar and generic, you're going to say, "Time out, stop. That's not us." You really need to be tough on that. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Even down to the, um, you know, we specialize in Asian import Lexus Toyota. The, you know, we have the Lexus logo on our website and the Toyota, the Toyota logo on our website. However, it is the back of my car and it is a picture of, because, because I want people to identify, you know, that the, the style and the, and who we are and what we do, but yet still be different and stand out and stand above. And, and, uh, you know, if, if there's a picture of your lobby on your website and it's all sparkling and clean and there's green plants and flowers and fruit on the, you know, on the, um, uh, the snack bar, it better be there when I come in. If you know, if I'm seeing apples and bananas, and that you're teasing me to come in, and you're gonna, I'm gonna get breakfast, and I walk in, and your snack bar is half stocked, then you just lied to me. So you know, and that that's a real exaggeration, but well, it just shows it's a transparency. It's subconscious. People, mm-hmm. it kind of goes into their brain. So when they come in and they don't see it, they might not think about it, but subconsciously they're like, you know, there's something wrong with this picture. Mm-hmm. You're right, Amy. I think people end up having time to to process that. Mm-hmm. Maybe not immediately, mm-hmm. but after they've had this great experience or not so great experience at your place, they're trying to connect the dots of all those touch points that Marianne talked about. And and I think it's so critical that uh, the the back office job of branding, uh, you know, integrity. And marketing is so important. So return on investment. If you're tracking all of this, you you must have these great spreadsheets or some kind of really uh-huh. cool software, Amy and team, that you say, hey, I just spent you know six thousand dollars this year on Facebook, and I've gotten this kind of pullback or re- reception for it. At the end of the year, do you look at that and say we'll do more of this and less of that? Uh-huh. Yep. For years, uh, we had a full page yellow page. Remember people used to advertise in the yellow page? <laughs> we did a full page. And, you know, I'm in Vermont where everything's five years behind. So I would go to these conferences and they would say, oh, get out of the yellow pages. And I kept, I would track how many people came in the yellow pages. And I, I started reducing the size, but I was in the yellow pages probably seven years longer than everybody else because I was tracking the numbers. And when it didn't bring anything in, that's when I got out. But if I had just listened, then I would have lost a lot of customers because I wasn't tracking. You have to do it by what is that, you know, reality. I think it's also in addition to um, tracking how many, the numbers of customers, we take our, we call it our NCR, new customer report. We take our new customer report down to the, the, that particular source and the average repair order, mm-hmm. because then you know, okay, I'm only getting three or four customers for X amount a month, but my gosh, their AROs are exactly. $1,300. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, it makes sense. We're yes. going to keep paying this $250 out for- Right. For, Even if you got one customer a month on a $500 ad and they're paying $700, I'll just keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, the point well taken. Don't just- Put a hash, you know, uh-huh. a, a line no, next to the, the effort. Yes. You got to track the dollars that are exactly. coming in. Now, Marianne, you're my accountant, my favorite <laughs> accountant in the entire world. I'm not an accountant. <laughs> I know I'm that, but you love girl. numbers. I know you're a numbers girl. And so, are we speaking the truth here? <laughs> oh, definitely. You have to track um, everything that you do. It's it's not only the money, but it's the time. It's the effort. 
Okay, because if there's something that you can automate or you can delegate um, and you can focus on other things, so there's a cost to the effort too, right? How much time is it taking you to do that? So I think that's something that we touched on as well, you know, with systems. Um, but knowing what's working in your business is so important because you want to continue to do what's working and it's okay to try things. And if, if something doesn't work, you understand why it didn't work. Uh-huh. So is it, do we have to tweak it? We, to Amy's point with the ad in the yellow pages, we had done that years ago because we opened our shop in 99 and we had changed up wording and our ad. And now you can translate that to online today, just changing copy. And it was huge. When someone called and they started asking questions, we knew that it was directly from that ad. And we would ask them, how did you find us? And they would tell us. But um, so it doesn't necessarily mean if something isn't working, right? It it maybe could be tweaked. But you go from there and I kind of call it like rinse and repeat. If something is working, then definitely continue doing it. If it's not, you know, don't hold on to the idea if you're not getting the results from it. It's okay to let it go. Got it. One of the things that um, uh, I think happens in businesses, now correct me, ladies, if I'm right or wrong on this, but um, we do all this great work inside, you know, we're clicking and pasting and creating and doing all this stuff, and it's out there. And we never tell anybody on our counter, we never tell anybody in the shop, so that there's a 360-degree connection to what we're doing. Does that ever happen? No, you got to pass it all. So if you're running a special, you make sure that everybody has a copy of it, including the the back so that they understand what you're doing, because that way they see you're putting an effort trying to get the phone to ring because it's all connected. I mean, their paychecks come with more work. So when they see that you've put together a really robust special, then, you know, it's a win win for everyone. Yeah, and, I, love, and, I love what you said. See, you know, the CEO, by the way, is in charge of this marketing, making the phone ring, right? Yeah. And I think it's very important, um, just what Amy said, it's very important to, to um, our weekly meeting this week was um, to, honing it down and basically showing the tech some numbers and, okay, we need to focus our marketing in this direction because we're seeing these, you know, our repair order go down or the, you know, our customer count. Our vehicles are going up, but our ARO is going down. Are we getting the wrong kind of vehicles? And so getting the technicians involved and the front office involved, but the technicians as well as I think is important because they're really going to tell you what they're seeing. We can look at our numbers, but, you know, we had three cars that we quote unquote totaled this year or this week because the work that needed to be done wasn't worth the vehicle. So where did they come from and how are we getting those vehicles? Because they were all new customers and making sure that the technicians are involved in getting the right, and so that they know that we're looking for the right vehicles for them, not just a vehicle. Love it. The back office part two, really important things. We talked about HR a little earlier and now marketing. And so let's go around the room. I'll start with you, Marianne, and give us a a cool marketing idea. Well, um, this is something that we've tried, and it's worked out really well. Uh, What we've done is we get reviews, from, from people. They'll come in through all different sources. And what we started implementing probably a couple of years ago was we'll take those reviews word for word and we'll actually turn them into a post, something that we can use in a newsletter, something that we can use on social media. 
uh, will take it and make it creative, uh, you know, put a, a, an image and um, make it really appealing. And we're able to repurpose those. We get feedback on those, the customer's comment. The idea is you're making the customer the star, not the shop, but, you know, it's the customer. And uh, we found that a lot of those customers that are your um, your fans, you know, the ones that are out there. And um, as Amy said, you know, those are the people that are your advocates, right? Mm-hmm. They're out there rooting for you. Those are the ones that really give those great reviews and they do it very naturally and organically. So we found ways to repurpose those. Um, the, the one rule that I have, uh, you know, with my uh, marketing person is that we don't edit in any way. We have to keep them authentic. So even if there's a typo in them, we repurpose it and use it just the way it is. God help it. See one of my posts, all the spelling errors. Mm. Changing it would, would um, you know, lose the credibility. I get it. No, I, I, I appreciate that. I understand that. Last week, we are, the Academy was very interesting. It was about all the Facebook changes and what it would mean to your marketing efforts. It was a great panel discussion. And by the way, many, I mean, it wasn't raw algorithm, Facebook stuff. We really expanded on, and a few of the things you just talked about is make your customer the star. A lot of wonderful talking points. As a podcast, it was released this past Wednesday, uh, Town Hall Academy 54. You owe it to yourself, now that we're talking about all this marketing, to go to go and listen to that, that, uh, that Facebook thing. Jackie, I'll get your idea on marketing. Uh, I would say community events. One of the things that we started when we had our 50th anniversary 10 years ago now, <laughs> this is 60 years now. Wow. So. <laughs> so we're blowing it out of the water this year, but uh, we started at 50 years and we started with a simple car show and providing free food to the community and anyone that came, which has expanded over the last 10 years. and. It's something that our community really looks forward to. We have also exper- um, experimented with other events outside of that car show, which we, which our car show is our birthday and all that. We make it a big thing. We've actually found that doing some of these other fundraiser events for our local band booster organization has really helped. Uh, another thing that we did was a family service day. I don't know if anyone has ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I think that was probably one of our best events next to our car show because not only did it help our community and bring the community in and bring a lot of unity there, it also, um, when my techs usually don't come around for the big events that we hold, but this event, it brought them in and they were loving every minute of it. They, they didn't get paid that day for coming in and helping, but they, they came on their own accord. They wanted to help the community. They felt good about doing it. And afterwards, after sitting down and debriefing from it, one of the great things was that we found out, okay, we want to do this again, but here's my idea on how to change it. And it was, it, it brought the team together. It was fantastic. And, and the community just loved it. It was great. Thanks, Jackie. Great stuff. Uh, Go to the website, type in family service day in the search bar, and you'll be able to hear a great episode about it. Kim. I actually um, have two two recommendations or two things that have um, been successful for us. Um, 
there a lot of these magazines or newspaper local newspapers and such have the best of like the best of you know Williamson County or the Sizzle Awards the best chicken wings <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> since I'm from Buffalo I had to say that right and there you go um and I think it's important that you know that we um we go after those as a as a business and market to because um, I think, you know, it, it tells a lot about, it's a, it's a stamp of approval from so many um, to be able to get a best of um, designation, a best of auto repair. Um, so I think that's definitely important. Something that's not new and, and ingenious or anything that I take credit for at all, but we have done, and it's been very, very helpful, is um, we do shuttle service um, to the, the uh, business park, and actually it's about a five to seven mile radius. So we have the biggest truck we could find. We have a, 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 a new um, Toyota Tundra, um, specialized in Toyota, and it is wrapped to the hilt. And it's not tacky. It's, you know, it's just wrapped. Um, on the back, it has our name and the fact that we have a three-year, 36,000-mile nationwide warranty, you know, has our website. And that's all you really need. Um, so it's a driving billboard, you know, three and four and eight times a day. And I think that's really important. And the last thing is if you do have um, courtesy vehicles or loaner vehicles, make sure, um, I think marketing is keeping them clean and, and, and all that. Get them with high miles, get them with 300,000 miles and then label them. You know, and I say high miles are clean and such, but um, you label them courtesy vehicle. It's the dealerships do it. Why don't we? And so that car sitting in an office parking lot, and somebody is like, "Oh, they do. I can, you know, I can borrow a car while mine's getting worked on." And that has actually turned a lot of um, a lot of new customer revenue in for us. I couldn't just have one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kim, send me a picture of that big tundra, would you? I will. I will. Love to have it. It's wrapped all the way around. It's wrapped. It's not on the front. It's on the uh, the sides and the tailgate in the back window. It. Send but it to it, me. I'll put it. It in. actually it. does two things. It keeps my husband behaving on the road too. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can get turned in. <laughs> all right. There's the secret right there. It's the great tactic for the day. Amy, I'll give you the last word. I think that the best marketing you could do is create relationships. And like Jackie's talking about these community events, it, it's a wonderful thing. Anything you can do, sponsor a little league uh, baseball team, something like that. And so anytime we do a special, we try to connect it to a charity. So this idea for you, Jackie, is when you have your big event, ask everybody to bring one non-perishable food item yep. for the food bank and get big you know, buckets and put them in there. And then you get to give them to the food bank. Um, so my favorite is the local food pantry, Toys for Tots, and the animal shelter. And so anytime we have a special, people bring us something. So it becomes a win-win-win. It's a win for the shop because we're busier. It's a win for the customer. They're going to get a special. And it's a win for one of these community um, charities. And you could pick the charity of your choice. And I'll just throw out every October, there's a, a group that put together this fabulous uh, charities called Breaks for Breasts. I'm sure Carm has interviewed Leanne, and if you put Breaks for Breasts in his search, you would find it. It's um, a immunologist in Ohio who has created a vaccine that prevents breast cancer. And so every October, there's this fabulous um, 
shop owners from all around the country were just rocking it out of the park and you could be a part of it also. Thank you, Amy. Dr. Tui, by the way, and the last interview that I did, I've done two for with Breaks for Breast and Leanne and her team. Dr. Tui was on with Oh, us. very cool. I got to go out to lunch with him once. He's like a oh, real guy. Yeah, cool, a cool <laughs> guy. And, and passionate. You talk about passion. You talk about behind the scenes. You talk mm-hmm. about how he gets his grants and, yes. and, and how this uh, Breaks for Breast program has really worked. Uh, again, just go to the website, search bar breaks for breasts, and and listen to the two episodes. Most rec- the, the one most recently in September. Ladies, thank you so much. Back office part two. Amy Matnat from Auto Craftsman Montpelier, Vermont. Jackie Walter Howard, director of operations at Zimmerman's Automotive, Mechanicsburg, PA. Marianne Croce from Croce Transmissions, Norwalk, Connecticut. And Kim Auenheimer, AAM, co-owner and business manager, CS Automotive, Brentwood, Tennessee. Now, I think Marianne and Kim, I'm going to see you at Vision this year, right? Yes. Maybe I'll be there. And then, Carm, you have to say, all these women, all are active members of Women in Auto Care. So for any women out there in the auto repair business, you should check out Women in Auto Care. It's an awesome group for women in the aftermarket. We have two conferences every year. We have a reception at Apex. Come and play with us. Yes. Excellent organization. One that you should be a member of. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.